everybody, welcome to Junkyard Theory. And tonight's guest is a screenwriter, a novelist, and a producer. Uh, she's also the driving force behind uh, the recent Justin Timberlake star, Palmer. And I got Cheryl Guerrero in the house. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining. Aiboam. Aiboam. <laughs> I said it correctly. Thank you, you for having me. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's 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 been a while since we've uh, been trying to get you on the show, and uh, schedules lined up, and here we are. And uh, I gotta say, Palmer was amazing. I know it's the second time I'm saying this, but truly, it, it was one of those movies that leaves you feeling good. Was this always the intention behind uh, the story, or? Sorry. Oh, what was the uh, intention behind the story? Yeah, like was it always supposed to uh, leave the audience feeling good? Absolutely. And by the way, I could never get bored of hearing you say how how much you like the film. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm someone. Probably why I became a writer or, or my love of movies is because of how they left me feeling. Um, certain movies that influence this. Uh, you know, I, I just keep referencing Little Miss Sunshine, even though this is different than that movie, Little Miss Sunshine. I remember at the end of that movie, I just had like goosebumps. I loved how I felt after that movie. Um, you know, I like all types of films. Like I do like horror, I, lo I love thrillers, but for me, I just always love how movies leave me feeling. Um, so that definitely was the intention of uh, to feel, you know, to feel hopeful and to cry. Yeah. Hopefully to cry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know. I was reading up the reviews uh, after watching the movie, and there were quite quite a few people who said that it left them in tears, like at at least in one point. So I think you guys like definitely achieved that. But uh, you know, talk to me a, a little bit about your origin story. How did you get into filmmaking? You you made two movies before this, but tell us like uh, what was the story? You know, leading up to all of that. Sure. Yes, I did have two other films. Uh, it's funny, like before Palmer got made, people would be like, oh, have I seen anything that you made? And, and God bless. But the first film didn't turn out how I had hoped. I mean, literally, I was in a theater and some guy yelled out, this movie effing sucks. And I just wanted to. <laughs> so I'm so much, you know, I love the reception to Palmer. But um yeah, how I got into to writing, I mean, basically I hated what I was doing um, to make money. I, I come from, I've always been very athletically inclined. I went to college, I played sports. Uh, I don't know, what was my degree? It, I, I, don't, I don't even know what my degree was. I don't even, you know, it doesn't, I, it doesn't serve me today, although I did. How do you forget that? And now I had a bachelor's of uh, science. I, you know what? I don't know. Marketing, maybe. Um, <laughs> mar um, but anyway, I was very athletically inclined. I got out of college and I was working for a sports agent. Then I was working for a sports apparel. We outfitted, uh, we call it football, you know, football teams, American football. Um, and I had some other, I, I just was not happy. Um, and I've always loved movies as a little kid. I always loved movies. I always creative. I always did well in arts and crafts. Like I would make lions and tiger, like out of clay and everyone was making a bowl. Like my imagination, like I was always imagining being somewhere else 
you know, wherever I was, I wanted to be somewhere else. And in my mind I was sometimes, but anyway, um, I just had an idea. I just had an idea for a movie and I bought books on how to write a screenplay. I read scripts. I watched the movie and I'd like say, okay, this happens here, here, here. And then I just, and that was the moment when I, when I first sat down to write a screenplay, I was like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, I want to be a writer. And I just kept writing and writing and writing and, you know, I didn't know anyone. I don't, you know, I don't have anyone in the business. I didn't know anybody. And I, it's just perseverance and knocking on doors and asking, hey, will you read my screenplay? And I worked for a film company, a company called, there's still like New Line Cinema. And I have friends there. And, you know, it was like guys that, you know, I'm like, will you read my script? Tell me what you think. And I just kept pursuing it. And then, um, you know, I got, this company paid, like I got a check one day and I'm like, look, mom, say I got paid. It was like nothing, but they had optioned a screenplay and that just kind of gave me hope to keep going. Then I got a manager and, and then I'd get something else optioned and I just kept going. And then my first film that got made, um, it got made like that, like Palmer took 10 years to get made and that first film got made like that. And I might, I'd much rather the experience to be honest with Palmer and have someone as talented as, as Justin Timberlake star in it and the little boy and Ryder and Juno Temple and Alicia Wainwright. And it's just amazing. And Fisher Stevens directing it. But the, my first uh, produced film, I was living in New York city and this, this guy who had read my, that's how a lot of it worked for me. Someone had read me and said, Oh, Cheryl's a good writer. You should read what she's written. And he passed it on to another gentleman who said, okay, this is the kind of film we're trying to we want to make. And I did, I put together uh, how I would, you know, my take, my treatment on it. And uh, I, I was with one of my friends from high school and I said, look, if I get this job, I want you to write with me because she's super funny and uh, was voted most likely to succeed in high school. But that, that film wasn't very successful. So, um, but anyway, and that's how, you know, we wrote the script and it got made like that. And, and uh, I feel blessed to have that happen. It got me in the Writers Guild. Um, the end product didn't turn out how we had hoped, but that's to no fault of anyone that starred in it. It was just truly, it was like a mismanaged company, that, that production. And it was, you know, you live and learn. And I look back and, and I'm grateful that first movie um, was so horrible uh, because, you know, it just makes you more, um, I don't know, it's just part of my story. You know, the first one didn't like move me into some other world of my career. I just had to still keep going. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Palmer too. 10 freaking years to get made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned perseverance, which, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's an essential quality if you want to be in this business. So getting Palmer made, it, like the script got into the Hollywood blacklist as well in 2016, if I'm not. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, talk to me a little bit about like how things, you know, uh, snowball from that point onwards. Sure. Um, so Palmer was original screenplay. I was inspired to, to write it. And, um, and so basically, God, I mean, there's a lot, 10 years <laughs> at the time I wrote Palmer. I did not have a manager. Um, 
and again, it was another situation. It was, it was, it was a guy who had read me and he, he didn't represent writers, but he gave it to someone who did represent writers. And the interesting thing at that time is there were two owners of the company. One had passed on representing me with Palmer and the other partner was a female partner. She was like, I want to represent you. I love this script. I love your writing. And basically, I mean, long story short, I mean, at that time they had, they sent it, they gave it to one producer immediately. He picked it up. Super smart guy. Uh, really liked him. Unfortunately, him and his partner weren't able to get anything going with with Palmer. And this was before 2016. And so I got the script back. I mean, long story short, nothing was happening with it. And it was frustrating. I'm like, why is this script sitting? There was another gentleman, another actor who wanted to direct it. And he just saw it completely different. And I'm like, no, we're not this that's this isn't a revenge story about a guy who gets out of prison seeking revenge i'm like we're on this different page so um so basically i ended up going to a different manager because i felt like nothing was happening you know i just uh, i i love i thought they're I, I as individuals as people i thought they were great but i just wanted as far as my career and how it was being managed and what was going on, I, I needed a change and um, like any relationship. Uh, so my current manager, I had met with him, he read Palmer and he's like, why is this script sitting? Why isn't it gone all over town? And I said, exactly. And you know, it's just, it's grit and it's hard work. And um, so he and I started working together and in 2016, he sent it out all over, uh, you know, Hollywood and it got voted on it and ended up getting on um, the blacklist of Hollywood, which is uh, best unproduced screenplays that people have read within the industry. And then at uh, a certain point, uh, Fisher Stevens read the script and he had been given like eight scripts and he's like, this is the one I want to direct. So uh, Fisher and I started working with one another and, um, you know, long story short, uh, Justin Timberlake read the script, um, responded to it, obviously, uh, met with Fisher and then met with me and then we just, we clicked. Um, we were all on the same page of how, you know, things that maybe we were going to change or what we would dive deeper into. And um, it was like, a, I, I hope that every other working relationship moving forward uh, is as enjoyable as it has been with Fisher and Justin and, um, you know, creatively. It was great. Yeah. It's good to have amazing collaborators, right? I'm, I'm very, and I'm even now, I, you know, right now I'm working with people who I, uh, that's what I, that, that I love working with. Um, and, and it just makes a difference. Like I was like Fisher Stevens and Justin Timberlake, I was involved in everything. And with Fisher, even prior to uh, Justin, he t I went on a location scout with him and another producer. I was there during the filming, all of it, and um, and it truly was collaborative. Like it, we, it was because that's how you know, Fisher works. That's how Justin works. Um, they believe in in the value of uh, collaboration. So it's very rare that you you know hear about a writer being on set, and but you but you were there. I was you yeah. Every single day, right? Every single day, pre-production, exactly. um, and that's that is because of that's because of Fisher, and that's because of Justin. 
um, because not everyone wants the writer around. <laughs> but they saw the value of it, and I think I did, add, you know, add, add value. And my voice was there on the page, and I think they, you know, but they obviously respected that. And and I'll tell you, there's things that Justin came to the table with that I'm like, thank you, that you know, made it even a scene even better. Um, and 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 Fisher, how he saw the film, keeping it very, he wanted it to be very realistic. Um, and obviously, you know, so did I. Um, and I think what I, what I love too, is people, you know, have walked away feeling like, I mean, this felt very real to them. That it did. And yeah. uh, speaking about that, you know, the, the, the characters, when you wrote them, yeah. was it based on any, uh, real life people or, uh, was it all like fictionalized? Cause. Sure. I mean, I think everything I write comes from, I mean, obviously I'm not, you know, a straight male who spent time in, in, in prison, but I am an athlete and I've been around guys who, you know, I remember that I had a college experience and, and I wanted, I wish I, if I could be anyone, I'd be Tom Brady. I don't know if you know who Tom Brady is, but he's so good. Um, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I remember in college, there was this guy, he was a good looking guy and he was the quarterback and he was so drunk. And I remember like thinking, you have a game tomorrow. And I would have done anything to be able to play, like be the college quarterback. Um, and so there's certain things, like I was, I've been around gentlemen who have spent time in prison and then got out and then turned their lives around. Um, I'm gay, I, I knew I was gay at eight. And some people are like, oh, how do you know you were gay at eight? And I'm like, because I fell in love with another little girl at eight. Now for me, the character of Sam and, and Ryder, for me, it was more, I may know where this, this child ends up, but for our story, this is a little boy who lives in a world where you're expected to play football, where you're expected to be a certain way. And he's not. And the difference between that, child Sam and me is I was a little girl and I, I have a lot of memories. I remember I was eight years old in my parents' backyard playing in the dirt. I was with trucks and like I loved anything the boys were allowed were playing with and the shoes that I bought for school. Like I there was a boy section and a girl section. I always wanted to go to the boy section, but I didn't because I wasn't like the the, the child I wrote Sam in the movie is unapologetic. He just likes what he likes and he's not, there is no shame. Now I was a little girl. I remember playing in, in dirt and I had an uncle come up to me and say, you know, Cheryl, and I'm eight years old. I'm minding my business. I'm so happy in the dirt with my trucks. And he comes up to me and he says, you know, Cheryl, you're, you're, you know, you're a girl, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, girls aren't supposed to play with trucks and in the dirt. And he just completely shamed me. And I remember he walked away and I felt so much shame because I didn't understand. I'm like, I'm a girl. And I, I mean, as a little, I'm a little kid, I'm eight years old or seven thinking I, I just, this is what I like. So as an adult, and clearly it's been many years since I've been eight years old, but it was important to me to show a child that I wish I would have said what Sam said when Palmer goes, you know, you don't see any other boys on that show. What does that tell you? And it says, I can be the first. And that just, you know, that was like the flow of God because I wish, you know, when I write things, sometimes I wish 
I had said that at, at that point in my life. And so it all came from somewhere and I'm, I'm familiar with drug addiction. I'm familiar with, um, adoption. There's a lot like when Shelly gives him away and Chino Temple is just amazing. I mean that she's amazing. And, and what I didn't know, cause she was shooting Ted Lasso and all I knew is the first day of filming, I'm just going to go off on her for a second. Cause she's so humble and so talented and all of them were, I mean, just, there's like no ego with these people. Um, and it's amazing because they're so talented. And, um, but I remember she had come in from the UK. I had no idea, you know, she'd come in from the UK, like switched planes, got on a car, you know, whatever it is. And she showed up and did the scene where she, uh, gives Sam away. And I was just like, I seriously, I thank God that I was at a monitor being able to like witness this performance. And she did it again and again and again. And I remember she came out and she's like, did we get it? Did we get it? Did we get it? You know, I don't know if I'm doing that. And I'm like, I'm like, and I was with the rider sister and she's like, you are amazing. I'm like, we more than got it. And, um, so anyway, in regards to, yeah, it all comes from somewhere that I, somewhere in my, in my life that I've pulled from, um, you know, church and the crosses and stuff like that. And Vivian. And, and it was important for me that the grandmother, cause I know people that are very, you know, that are very Christian that are very, they go to church, whatever it is, but they, she, she loved this little boy. She didn't care. She didn't care that he wasn't fitting in with the other little boys. He was just a good, you know, she loved him. He was a lovable kid. So. At the same time, the film, uh, it, it's set in Louisiana. Yes. And not, not, not on the East or the West coast where things would be, you know, drastically uh, different and people would be more accepting. But the fact that you said that story right there, uh, I think it's central, central America. So correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere yeah, in the middle. That's, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, so one of the, the highest compliments is, uh, the acting coach, Lori Lively, grew up in Georgia. And she's like, where are you from? And I'm like, I grew up in New Jersey. And she goes, this was so, uh, it was a compliment because she felt it was authentic to um, in the Southern part of the States. But that was part of what in, in inspired this is, and look, I've been to, I love Louisiana. I had a great time and I've met wonderful people there. I've been to Florida. There's wonderful people in Florida as well. Um, However, if you live in New York City and, and you live in LA, which I do, you can kind of be, there's, you can be whatever you want to be. Like, and that was partly what inspired it because I was going for a walk in, in LA and I saw a little boy playing. And this was 10 years ago. And, and for me, I just immediately thought, oh, and I was watching his father and this little boy who's probably about seven. And, I, and my thought was like, oh, I wonder if he knows his kid's gay. Because sometimes I'm like, you know, you, yeah, I could spot, I could spot that one might be an alcoholic. That one might be whatever, you know, I'm giving a label to it, but that was just what I thought. And I kept walking and I'm like, wow, you know, you live in LA, you live in, New sorry, I keep throwing my hair back. Uh, you live in LA, you live in New York city. You can be however you, you want to be. Although I will tell you, I've walked down the street in New York city with my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, so, I don't know why some people have to yell things at you. Um, but aren't we, whatever. Uh, uh, but anyway, at that time I saw this little boy and I kept walking and I was like, oh, you could, you could be however you want to be in LA and New York. And I was like, well, what if he lived somewhere that he was expected to play football? He was expected to do, to be a certain way. And he, he wasn't. And that's where 
the moment hit me, like where this is going to be, um, I don't know where this is going to take place. So, yeah. Gotcha. Hearing you recount all the stories that, you know, uh, that happened to you, I, I definitely see the parallels between yeah. uh, that and the film. And it's like, uh, you all, like, I don't know who uh, said this, but uh, there goes the saying, which is like, uh, you can't write more than 10 words without revealing something about yourself. And given the fact that it's true, uh, you know, a, a screenplay is essentially an extension of a screenwriter. So it's essentially your baby. So seeing your baby out there in the world, you know, with people uh, reacting to it, like once it's made, like, how does that make you feel? Oh because my not God. all the reception is positive. Yeah. There's also negative reception yeah. as well. Absolutely. And I remember when we were talking to, to we were talking to uh, Justin before he just, you know, said yes to us. I said, I was like, are you gonna be my baby's daddy or what? Um, because it's it, what Palmer is my baby. And I'm like, and you be my baby's daddy. If you, you know, if you place Palmer and, um, but it was always, you know, Palmer was my, thank you for saying that. Cause it was my baby. Um, and I'm so proud of, uh, the execution and their reception. And, and it's true. Not everyone. There was, um, there's one kind, uh, he was a critic and I was like, anyway, he seems a little bitter because I've read some of his other reviews. He seems a little angry. Um, and it's, uh, he's a gay gentleman as well. And he, <laughs> he wrote, I actually, I'm like, I should frame this. He goes, this script looks like it was written in, in crayon. And I'm like, yeah, blue, pink, bitch. Um, no, I, I read that review and then I read some of his, I'm like, God, man, this guy's got, He's got some anger and hate. <laughs> got a lot of hate in him. But um, you know, look, not every film is for my hair again. Not every film, you know. There's films that I've seen that maybe some people love and that I, I haven't reacted to. But overall, the majority, um, I'm just so pleased that people are responding warmly to it, that the, that audiences, and I'm not talking about critics, I'm talking about audiences, moving moviegoers, or there's so many texts and messages I've received, especially when I've gotten some from a guy who spent time in prison and got out and he's spending time with his kid or a mother who's like my son or my daughter is going through this and thank you so much. Like that is, it makes it all so um, worthwhile. Uh, you know, to know that people like have watched the film and they're like, oh my God, I'm bawling. I'm like, good. I'm glad you're having that experience. That was the point. That's the point. Like, you know, you should cry or you should feel something and whether it's sadness or whether it's joy or, you know, hope, um, you know, I'm so, I, I'm so happy and um, so proud of it too. Uh, that it's gotten that reception that, you know, yeah, there will always be someone that is not going to like your work. Um, whatever, you know, there are people, you know, you may like me, you may not like me. I go, I tend to go where the love is. Like, that's my motto. Like as a writer, as a human being, you know, go where the love is. And um, so I've been going where the love is with Palmer and embracing it. And it just, even you reaching out to me, it just makes me so uh, grateful and thankful and, you know, blessed that uh, that this got made, and not only did it get made, it got made in a manner in that people are, you know, have felt because I've felt that about films that I've seen. I remember um, I saw Peanut Butter Falcon, 
Uh, I, it's a wonderful film. I saw it in New York City. I went to see it by myself at the Arclight. And I remember, I don't know anyone that was involved in that film. I mean, Shia LaBeouf uh, was in it. And I remember walking out of the, the theater and I'm like, and I was on the phone with a friend. I'm like, you have to see this movie because it's just how it made me feel after I like saw it and stepped out into the streets of New York City. I'm like, that was a good, that's a good film. Or like, um, can you ever forgive me with Melissa uh, McCarthy? Um, is it, can you ever forgive me? Or is there a please in there? Anyway, that was another film that I thought was wonderful. Um, and, you know, Promising Young Woman. Um, that was another film in the past year that I really, uh, I mean, I didn't feel all warm and fuzzy at the end. If you see that film, it's, you know, it's, it's a, a little intense, um, but it's so well done and so well crafted and, and the performance, you know, so, but that's why, so when I go and I view film, that's why I'm appreciative. Like I get it when you respond to, when you, you know, um, see a film and maybe know nothing. That's what I really love. People that have seen Palmer that like, I'll see something on social media. I had no idea, you know, I just happened to watch this movie and they're, they, they're saying how much, uh, they enjoyed it. So definitely. And the fact that, you know, uh, given that the pandemic happened while the film was, you know, when it was being released, we went up on our, our Apple TV and instantly, you know, you can, stream it like anywhere in the world where the subscription is available so it essentially uh you know puts it out to a whole lot of people that you probably might not even reach if uh there was a theatrical release so it has its pros and cons nothing like you know seeing a movie up on the big screen like we were talking about earlier but yeah no, that's been amazing because I've had, um, they're mostly like they're fans of Justin who these guys will translate the tweet for me because I, you know, it's in, you know, Portuguese or wherever it may be, um, or in, in, in Spanish and my Spanish is not so good uh, and I don't speaks Portuguese, but they'll translate it for me. He said, you know, it was a, it was an actor, I don't know, Brazilian actor, Brazilian soccer player, like this guy, huge well, football player. And, and he saw it and he was uh, tweeting about it or did a video about it. I'm like, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So that was cool. You know, when you see it from all over the world, um, and see people, you know, audiences response to it from like different parts of this amazing world. So. 100%. You said that you came from an athletic background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did anything from your athletic background kind of carry over like transferable skills into writing? I kind of want to. Wow. You're like, uh, 100%. Mm. I mean, I think that's, how do I say this? Being an athlete, every team I've ever played in, I think has been, has helped me more in life than the education, than any test I've ever taken, than any, like, honestly, the thing that has helped me most in life is being part of a sports team. Um, and I've been playing, I was playing sports since I was eight years old. Like my parents are like, this one needs to run. Like my sister, not an athletic bone in her body, but me, I came out, like, give me a ball, like, just like, keep me active. So one, I think it just, it kept me out of trouble being on sports teams because I was too busy 
like I was playing one sport, then another sport and traveling and doing this and that. It just it kept me occupied. Like I didn't have time to, you know, get into drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. I mean, you can still, you know, you celebrate after you win or, or when you lose, but it's just, you know, I've had some amazing coaches and I, you know, and I'm competitive too. And I love um, being competing, but being a part of a sports team, I think, you know, it teaches you how to get along with people and how to, how to succeed and, and, and just to keep in the perseverance, like you just keep going. Like you may have a loss, but you get up and you play again and you, you know, and if you win, you keep going. And it's just, I think it's the perseverance. And, um, yeah, I mean it, it 100%. I, I, I don't think I'd be, I don't know. I, I would, I was going to say, I don't know if I'd be where I was without the, you know, athletic background. Um, and look, it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough business. Like I know, you know, and for me, um, I just, it's setting a goal. Like well, I kept going because I'm not like, this is where I want to be. And this is the dream I want to pursue. And, and that was to be, to be a writer and to essentially living the life that I'm living was something I kept, I was dreaming about. And I'll, I'll say this, if I had never, I believe in signs. And for me, you know, there were indications to keep going. Cause trust me, there is many times in this, in my journey in this industry that I wanted to quit. You know, I don't know. And I'll be honest. I don't always love the industry. I don't always love the business side of this. In fact, a lot of times I don't. Um, but I love when I'm sitting with a director. I love when I'm sitting with an actor. I love when I'm being creative and collaborating. I love when I'm writing, you know, it's like, I guess a musician, when you're, you're playing your instrument, my instrument is when I'm creating this world and this characters and how that makes me feel. And that's how I knew like, this is what I want to do. And so then you have the business side of it. And there's, I mean, I probably, I don't know how many rejections I've, I've, you know, I've thousands probably. I, I remember when I wrote my book, um, well, out of the gate, I got a, an agent at a very big, big agency. She, my, my, the manuscript, of the book was sitting on someone else's desk. She just happened to read it, called my manager and she's like, where is this at? So she took it. Now I never, it was a first draft and I'm like, oh, maybe the book world's different. And she sent it out. She had eight passes and then she was done. And I was like, eight. I'm like, that's nothing. Let me know when you've gotten a hundred rejections then or a thousand. So I got it back and I'm like, okay, let me set the number. I'm going to try to get a lit agent. Uh, and I set the number at 50. I'm like, I'm going to query email 50 uh, lit agents. So all of them passed except one and she didn't take me on. And I'm like, okay, let me see what publishers I can send the book to. And I picked like five indies and three wanted it. And so that indie publisher picked up my book. It's got like probably a thousand reviews right now, um, doing well in the reviews, but my manager, my current manager took that out. I wrote a TV pilot based off it. He took my TV pilot out and someone purchased the movie rights and hired me to write it into a movie. So my point with all that is that was, you know, I just, I think that's the athlete in me. It's just like, I'm not going to stop. 
Like I believe in it. And I think it's, it's a matter of like believing in it and, and finding those people that under, you know, like believe in it as well. And here's the thing. I don't need you. There's a story now. I, I can't mention it hopefully soon that I just believe in it. It was something I came across when I wanted to quit being a writer and I heard about, you know, I came across this story and I'm like, this is about never quitting. This is about the, like the American dream or whatever it is. And, um, so I'm passionate about telling that story, but, um, yeah, I mean, but I believe in signs too. So I'd get a check here or I'd get a little check here, you know, and then the checks became bigger and, and, you know, and if I make money, other people make money too. So, um, but I'm not, I don't, and I haven't, I don't work like that. I don't write like, I don't think like, I'm going to write this and I'm going to sell, you know, I want to be like, it's not, it's not, I mean, yes, I want to make a, a living and, and, but for me, it's just how it makes me feel when I'm creating it and wanting to put it out into the world for other people to experience what I've experienced. It's always interesting to hear, you know, the, the transferable skills that, uh, you know, the guests, like whoever's on, been on this uh, show from before, some have been like drummers, like they, there's others who come from like various other industries. And there's always something that, you know, they've transferred into uh, the, the land of filmmaking. And that's, that's amazing. But, but the, the most common two factors are resilience and perseverance. Yeah. And that has just echoed throughout every single interview. And like, yeah, that's probably like the common factor, the secret ingredient uh, every single filmmaker's got to have. Sure, I agree. I mean, look, I didn't know anyone. My dad's a hairdresser. You know, like I didn't know anybody in the industry. I, my last name isn't, I don't have like, there isn't anyone in my family that's in the industry. And it was just, you know, it was having a dream and going after it and just continuing to persevere. And um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your book. So you mentioned that it's being turned into a, a TV pilot or is it, is it a feature film now? Yeah. My okay. Okay, so here's the thing about my book. So I originally wrote it as a script um, and it had been optioned five times, like four or five times. So that means like four, I'll just keep the number at four, four different producers or directors wanted to make my script into a movie. Didn't happen. And I was on a hike and I bumped into the, the director or producer and he's like, oh, how you doing? I'm like, good. And uh, so I keep going up the hill and I'm like, man, he couldn't get it made into a movie. And then what hit me was, well, you don't need him to make it into a movie, write it into a book. And it came from, I pray. So I think it was like, I was like, okay, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I had come across an article about another writer. Uh, she was getting frustrated with things almost getting made and she started writing them into novels. And it was the one screenplay that I felt like best lent itself into being written into a novel. So I started writing it into, and it was, wasn't easy. I much prefer screenplays. I much prefer screenplays than being a novelist. Um, but I did, I sat down every day and I started writing it and I knew the beginning, middle and end. And, and I just kept, I kept, I, like I did with, when I write a book, uh, sorry, I, when I write a screenplay, I watch movies that are similar. I read scripts that are similar just to get in that world. So when I started writing my, my novel or book, I, I started reading other like hunger games or, um, what is it? I forget. 
what's the name? Where is it? I'm looking at my shelf. Um, I forget what I started reading similar that I felt like kind of similar. Um, and I wrote it. And so, yeah, my manager, he's like, give us some, we want to give us, we want you to write a TV pilot. I'm like, okay. So I gave a bunch of ideas, sent it off. And the one that he liked the most was based off my book, which I knew it would be. It's a gang. It's a female gang. She infiltrates the gang in order to find out who killed her sister. And she becomes friends with these girls. And it's all, it's kind of like Donnie Brasco meets Set It Off meets, um, if you've ever seen those, those movies. Um, yeah, they go undercover. And so I wrote a TV pilot based off my book. And he sent and someone in his office read it and really liked it so much so that she recommend she was talking to someone. She's like, you need to read this. And they read it and they uh, met with me and they're like, look, we want to make this into a movie. And I'm like, perfect. I'm like, cause I've had like a hundred drafts of it as a movie. <laughs> um, so they uh, did an option on the book um, and then they hired me to adapt it into a screenplay. Um, and I have so many drafts of it, but um, it became more actiony, the, the, the screenplay. I'm, I'm excited about it because I'm hoping actually that they let me direct it. Um, that would be, we'll see. We have, yeah, I know. I, we have a call next week, more notes, more notes on the script. <laughs> Um, but I threw That's that amazing. in. Yeah. And, and I never felt that way about, you know, I, I did, I knew with Palmer, I should not, this is not for me to direct, but with this particular script and, and my feeling is I would, what I would love to do is surround myself with a, with a great team of, um, people that will help me bring it to the, you know, screen and make me look good. And that would be, you know, the cinematographer and stunt coordinators and everything that goes into that. Cause that's more, it has more action, the gang script. Um, it's a drama, but there's also, you know, shootouts and car chases and stuff like that. Gotcha. Pretty excited to read this because, uh, I haven't managed to get my hands on a copy yet, but uh, anyone who wants to can find it on Amazon, yeah? Yeah, yes. You should be. I mean, you should be able to get everything on Amazon. I mean, don't... <laughs> I don't know how it is there, but here it's like, oh, I need a toothbrush. I don't feel like leaving my place. <laughs> it's on Amazon. There you go. That's so lazy. There's like, see, there's like stores to go to, and I'm like, no, I'm going to get my tube of tooth toothpaste from Amazon. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but oh. I mean, yeah. Not going to judge you. Don't worry. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My laziness. But with, <laughs> with a girl on point, your novel, like it's going through like full circle and like uh, part, like uh, a majority of the, the media spectrum, like uh, from a novel to uh, a TV pilot to uh, a feature film screenplay. Who knows? You might even like uh, get an offer to write a theater, uh, a, a theater screenplay. Uh, what do you call it? a play? A play? Yeah, I mean that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, you know, writing a novel versus writing a screenplay, you obviously prefer writing screenplays. I know these are two totally different, uh, you know, avenues. But what, if any, have anything have you learned from you know writing the novel and then coming back to a screenplay? What's that taught you? 
Ooh, great questions. Um, well, with a screenplay, it's always less is more. You know, so in very few words, you need to convey like a, an image or a feeling. Like in, in a book, you just have a lot more space. I mean, my thing is sometimes I read books and I'm like, how you, you keep, you're like taking pages to describe your kitchen or something. I'm like, it just seems a little excessive. I mean, but you really, in, in a novel, it's just, it's, there's more description, there's more, um, you're just going on longer and in a, in a screenplay it's just lean like less is more because a, a screenplay is anywhere from like 90 pages to 120 and i i tend to overwrite so my scripts tend to be longer um but i like i mean there was and it made it into the script and it came out of the script because it was just for me sometimes there was a moment i forget how i wrote it was one of the scenes when Palmer uh, was in the bar in the beginning and, and I wrote in my script, um, he sits there alone and feels every bit of it. Uh, it may have gotten taken out or whatever, but for me, I think that it's, for me at least, I understand what that, because I've experienced being in a room with people and I felt completely alone, you know? And this was a guy who just got out of prison and you're trying to, you know, you're in prison for 12 years and now you're not in that environment. And, um, but anyway, I think I go, I'm going off on a tangent. I think with the script, it's just, I'm not required to, you know, fill up the entire page. In a novel, it's just a lot more writing, a lot more description. Um, and I like that with screenplays, it's just, I think it's just how it's like playing an instrument. I much prefer this instrument than that instrument. Now I will tell you during the pandemic, I wrote another, another novel because <laughs> I just wanted to torture myself, but it was, um, it was more personal. It wasn't fictitious. Actually it was, it was, uh, it was, well, it was a memoir kind of that I wrote. Um, and I had started it and then I stopped it because I just, it was just too personal. And at the time I'm like, I can't, I, I can't keep writing this right now, but during the pandemic, I start. I reread what I wrote. I'm like, hmm. I'm like, I think I can finish this now, and I did. So, um, but yeah, I think it's just for me. I mean, it's. I think it's how you're built. Like some people might prefer writing novels versus screenplays, and it's a different craft. So, you know, um, it's just it's it's it's, it's a different craft. Um, I, t I tend to notice, uh, you know, I, I, re I read novels as well, but then I, I read novels written by certain uh, people who used to be screenwriters, and it's easier to just get through. It's, it's you know, um, most of the time they tend to be page turners. I, you know, and I will say people that have read the book, uh, I don't know who they are because I'll occasionally look at the the reviews and and people be like, oh, this this I could see this as a movie, and it's probably because well a screenwriter wrote it um, or it was a page turner kept me turning the pages or I read this in like two nights. Uh, I take that as a huge compliment, but it's probably because, you know, visually how my mind works and how I think um, is kind of in a, in a movie lens. Um, if that makes sense, like my lens might be different. Than someone else. So, yeah, but that was a, that's been a huge compliment that people were like, oh, it was like, I couldn't put it down. I'm like, 
that's a huge compliment to me with that book. Yeah. You mentioned previously that you tend to overwrite yes. when you, you know, write your screenplay. So I'm pretty sure like a chunk of what you've written gets left out of the movie. Oh, How yeah. badly does that hurt? I love working with Fisher because he's like, take this out, take this out. <laughs> Don't you touch my words, leave my words the way they are. Um, but I understand because as a director, he thinks in a certain way and he has to see it. Uh, you know, through his lens and in, in, in translating it, you know, into, you know, a moving picture. So, um, but yeah, I mean, everyone, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, how do I say, I, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I, <laughs> edit this part out. <laughs> No, it's all good. I mean, it's it's, it's authentic. But what I kind of wanted to uh, get out of you was like how, as a writer, and and you are on set, you are also serving as producer. So, seeing certain things being omitted out of your screenplay, you know, not getting not, not ending up on screen, and then when you watch the movie, you're like, you know, uh, do you feel like bits and pieces are missing? Oh, you you ask good questions. Um. Ooh, uh, yes. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, look, there, there is a scene in the movie now that was shot different than how I wrote it. And I will tell you, I love it. Um, because it was money. It was a money, it was a budget thing. And I remember I showed up at set and Fisher was like, sorry, Cheryl, we had to cut that. And I was like, uh, you know, um, but I understood because it was, just, it was a money thing and it was a time thing. And we didn't, we didn't have either. And this is a this is a, a, a testament to him, or uh, how do I say it? Um, you know, kudos to, to Fisher because he had to like we had to quickly change it. And it's a, it was a scene towards the end where Justin's character is packing up the house, and through the window he sees Sam by his trailer, and he waves, and Sam waves, and you get. And I that was not how I originally wrote it. Um, it was written a different way, and I and I do love how I wrote the scene. I'm not gonna, you know, um, I don't know if I'm biased. Well, I am biased, but because um, I wrote that scene, but. I loved how that was filmed because you felt the separation. Like when I watch that scene, I love it because it makes me, I really feel like they are being separated. Um, you know, look, there was a line and I'll be, I'll be honest in my script that I think was so anytime anyone read the script or like I, I, they would always point out this line and it was when, um, and it didn't make it into the final edit and and it's when Miss Maggie, the school teacher, comes to the house to check on Sam and and she goes, It's good of you what you're doing for him and and Palmer says what he says and her line, you know, uh, it used to be written that Palmer's character goes, Well, you know, a kid like Sam, he's gonna have trouble the way he is. And Miss Maggie's line was was Sam knows exactly who he is. It's everyone else that has the problem. Now that line never made it into the into the film, and do I miss it when I watch it? Yeah, I mean, I, I will be because, and you can't be precious. Like, look, I am very, I think it's, I'm very proud of the film. I love the film. Um, you know, do I like that line? Yeah, would I have liked that line to have made it in? Yes, but does it? You know, there's a lot of things. There were there were some scenes with. Um, 
Juno Temple's character, uh, there were more scenes with her and Sam um, that, you know, I would have liked to have seen made it into the film, but when you edit it, you know, they'll say there's the film, there's what you write and there's what you shoot and then there's what you edit. And, you know, people watch it and, and, and comment on it before it's final and before it's locked. But so there's certain things that I feel like, oh, you know, that I was maybe sentimental about or that I miss being in there. But then there's other things that I think are absolutely, uh, that I love that came out of, um, you know, however, it just, it, it changed. Um, that, you know, wasn't how I maybe originally wrote it. And I'm like, oh, I really like how this scene turned out. And then the ones that I absolutely love, like I can be the first, like that was, that's how I wrote it, you know? And, um, and just, I think for, for the yeah. record, I think that was like the best line in the film. Personal, uh, thingy, but I, I, I just love that so much. Yeah, thanks. And and just, you know, and the performances in it and with you know, and Justin and Ryder, they just were, you know, great together. I mean, it just it couldn't have asked for anything, you know, they're they're teaming and it was just great. Uh, again, personal opinion, uh I feel like Miss Maggie's line could have been included, but at the same time was essentially part of you know what she says is part of the whole subtext of the movie so it's there like once you watch the movie you kind of get it so i guess leaving it out didn't do too much of a damage it didn't didn't really damage it, anyway yeah yeah and thank you for saying that because i think sometimes things came out because it's like we get that so it doesn't need to be said so i can appreciate that as well it's like okay and that you're saying that like we get that we it doesn't need to be said which is probably why it didn't make it into the film you know exactly and talking about writer alan like you, he's a kid and that performance that he brings out it's amazing you have a singing industry like don't look at kids and animals but watching writer on on screen like he feels older than he actually is it's like there's I don't know what the term is, but it feels like he feels older, like yeah. old soul. Old soul, I think that's what I'm trying to get. He oh, feels he like is. an old soul kid. He's yeah. more mature than I am. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he is an old soul. I mean, I feel like there's old souls and there's young souls and there's immature souls. And he is, I mean, I love that child. He was, because uh, he's such a good kid, you know, and, and um, he was seven years old when we filmed that and we're going to have to get your writer's hair clip. I know. I, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm going to see this later and be like, leave your hair. That's all good. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need that hair clip. I know. Um, but no, I mean, he, he's like a sponge too. Um, and you, you can see the difference. Like he just, he has talent and he's also why, wise um just full of he is an old soul um so when he it was interesting you know watching him work with you know with fisher and 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 justin and his acting uh coach and he's just he takes it in and he, he understands and he 
he just he delivers. I mean, I, look, I want to keep working with him because I want to keep working with all of them, honestly, because it was just such a great experience. Um, yeah, but he's, you, you nailed it. I mean, he's like, he's more mature than I am. I mean, he's got a lot of wisdom and he's nine now. So, yeah. Wow. You served as producer on Palmer as well. So did you have any non-negotiable elements when it came to uh, dealing with Fisher? <laughs> I'm only the writer. I mean, I'm an executive producer. I mean, look, and here's- But still, as the writer, did you have anything that was non-negotiable? Great question. I mean, here's the thing with Fisher and with anyone that's the director. And that's what I think as writers, you have to understand, unless it's TV, it, it operates differently. But when it's a movie, it's the director's vehicle. And, and it should be like, it's like having so many, you can't have like a thousand cooks in the kitchen. There's one chef and that is the director. And fortunately he is someone that truly, I mean, I want to keep working with Fisher because I don't know if I'll continue to have that experience. And, and I have been, I'm working with other, with other people that value, you know, I mean, look, there were some things he's like, sorry, Cheryl, this is how it is. <laughs> and, and I'm like, damn it. Um, and then other things where he's like, okay, okay, don't send me another text. I get it. And, um, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't, I would explain why I felt a certain way. And I'm trying to think, I mean, I did say to him, I said, look, when she gives him away, I better cry. Like I better cry. And uh, I do cry. I do cry when I see that, when that, when I first watch it and even to today when I watch it. Um, but non I mean, look, he, the director has the final say, unless I have written in my, you know, maybe there's different writer, other writers out there, which I'm sure there are that basically have the final word. It's very rare. I mean, like, I'm not going to have the final word. Um, you know, the people that put the money in may, um, but I love this story. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie seven. Um, with, uh, Fincher's, Fincher's, Fincher's yes. movie. Yeah. So good. The script is fantastic. Mm. But I remember if this is true, uh, Brad Pitt had in his contract that there was something that happened at the end of the movie. He said, this stays the way it is. And I don't want to give it away. If you haven't seen the movie, you should watch the movie, find it on Amazon um, or Apple and uh, rent it. But so I watched the movie. I remember, you know, it's been some years, some years, but there was something that happened at the end of the movie. The studio wanted to change that. They wanted a different ending. And Brad Pitt was like, nope, it's in my contract. And they had to keep it, the ending that was in the script, they had to keep it in the movie because he, he was smart enough to realize they're probably going to try to change this. And um, I think that's part of what makes that movie brilliant is it, they kept the ending how it is. I mean, as far as non-negotiable, I mean, I don't have, I'm not that, you know, I mean, even with Fisher, I mean, he's the director, but the power, the, the producers could have, I believe they allowed him, you know, to have the final cut, but they could have been like, you know, no, we're, we're changing this. And they gave notes and everyone, and he would, you know, when we, when it was being cut, I'll tell you this, he invited me into the editing room. I was there and that, that is him. That's Fisher Stevens, you know, and I don't, um, I mean, how many directors allow that? I mean, that's amazing. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. And, 
you know, and I'd, there was something. And I remember, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't him. It was how it was cut. And cause I think Fisher was off. I forget where he was during the day. And I was with the editor and something was moved. And it was basically when Sam puts on the lipstick and the editor had it after Palmer gave him away. The editor moved it. So Palmer brings him to get rid of him to like Shelly took off and Palmer stuck with him and he brings him to the police station to get rid of him. And then he came, comes home and you see Sam putting on the lipstick. And I said to the editor, I said, no, I'm like that. Sorry. Here we go. I said, that needs to go before he gets rid of him. Cause that is a moment that makes him uncomfortable. Like he's getting rid of this kid because like this little boy's putting on lipstick and he just, he just wants him out of his space. So that was something where I was really, I just happened to be, cause I was included in the, in the editing process or I was invited into the room and saw that. And even if I wasn't invited into the room, I, I may have seen that like sent to me digitally or whatever. And, you know, obviously you know, Fisher felt the same way as I felt. And he's like, no, move it, move it to prior to him giving him away. Um, but as far as being non-negotiable, like I, all I can do is express my opinion um, and it can either be well received or not received. And sometimes, you know, it's like, it's a red shirt or it's a blue shirt. You may prefer red and I may prefer blue and it's not a right or wrong. It's just a preference. So, yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, coming back to the writing side of things. So when you start writing, I'm not gonna try and get into your process, uh, because I think that's, I don't know if that's a, uh, it's a secret thing or whatever, but if you could divulge that, please uh, feel free to. Uh, my, my question is, once you've written something, do you get trusted people to like rip it apart? 100%. And if I send you something, you're not allowed to say, I like it or I don't like it. You have to tell me why, because it doesn't serve me. Like I, for example, I did a, most recently I wrote a treatment for something and it's basically it's based on it's based on someone's book or it's based on someone's life and i've taken what is essentially like 300 pages 400 pages and i put it into a four page document of you know how i see the movie and what's the feeling what's it what's it about um so i gave it to some people to read and you know, for me, even with the script, I want to know, does it hold your interest? Okay. Um, is there something you have, a, what are your problems with? Is there something you have a problem with? Is there something that doesn't work for you? Um, what do you love? What is it? What do you like best about this? So I don't, you know, and I give it to people. I mean, there might be people I give it to because their grammar is really good. And I know I put a comma in the wrong place. <laughs> um, and there are people that are really good with story. And, you know, so I have certain readers and it's people that I respect or people that I think are intelligent and creative. Um, and there are some that just might be easier reads and it's just like, you know, I'm giving it to them. Does it hold your attention? But um, it's so valuable to, I mean, it's like with movies when you, you know, studios have, 
they pay to have audiences come in and watch a film and do their cards, what they liked, what they didn't like. Like they, they pay a lot of money before they release a film to, to do that. So as a writer, like I, you know, I may, and also it's kind of like, I feel like I'm the athlete on the field and my coach I may have a different perspective and that I'm so close to it. Like I know what I'm trying to convey, but maybe I didn't convey it. And, uh, and you might read it and be like, Oh, I didn't understand that. And I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. Or I remember with Palmer, there was, I had a friend read it and he goes, I want to know what's happening in the house because I think I stopped Palmer from going in or something like that. And then I ended up writing probably what ended up being one of my favorite scenes or I had someone read it and actually I'll give him a shout out. I love him. Um, Don Mancini, he's the creator of Chucky and he had read it and was very complimentary. And he had said something about, it was after Sam, like Daryl does what he does to Sam, like when Sam's, when the adult does what he does to Sam. And I had a scene with Palmer and Sam, but he said something to me, like, don't you think he would talk to him at this point would say something to him. Um, and I went deeper and I wrote that Palmer's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like what, what he did, what he did to you was wrong. And um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it was because someone gave me a note that made me go deeper in, in the interaction of these two characters. So, um, and even when, you know, when, when Justin read it, he had something which I ended up loving. And I think it's such an emotional moment. And I, I give him a shout out because when we were making it, God, budget, budget, but I would get a call from Fisher's like, we got to cut another scene there, you know, money. It was about money. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding, you know? And I'm like, okay, like, so we're, trying to trim things because of the money we're being given to make this. And so we took something out and Justin had read it. He goes, Palmer needs to get arrested. Like he needs to go to prison. And at one of my versions of the script that did happen, but it was taken out or whatever happened. It happened at a different point. So I said, okay. And we wrote, well, I wrote the scene where Sam chases after the car and, and Palmer is, you know, he's put in the vehicle because prior to that, that scene ended before that happened and he wasn't put in the car and Sam did and, and, and because Justin said, you know, like he needs to get arrested. And, and I think it's like, I ball when, when, and you know, when, when Sam is running after the vehicle and screaming Palmer, Palmer, um, so, you know, that's a note that was given on the script. It's like, okay, how about this? And even now with another, I mean, there were, oh, I mean, so at some point you got to be like, okay, we got to, you know, I mean, with other projects at certain points, like you can just keep developing and developing it. And at a certain point, but you know, when something's ready, like you knew Palmer was ready and all these things help to enhance it or make it better. Um, but yeah, I mean that for me it's part of the process. Like I would I don't put anything out there until I've had my trusted people um read. And I do the same for other people. Like I'm like if you need something, you know, let me know and um yeah.
it's a time commitment though too. So, you know, you have to pick and choose. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's so cool. Justin's uh, note definitely made quite a lot of difference because I can't imagine how the film would have been if he did not get arrested. It's sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it, but yeah. That goes to show how powerful uh, collaboration can be yet again, yeah. uh, you know, during the writing process. So, yeah. yeah, we had a question regarding uh, how do you get your mindset uh, ready for writing? So I'm going to add a little bit to that. Okay. Uh, so with your writing process, like, let's say you have these down days. Do you say uh, push it aside for another day, like procrastinate? Or do you like, you know, push through it? Like, do you, do you barrel through it? But that you... question's coming from a writer. I know that. Um, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing that I've learned to do is to not beat myself. Because I, I would beat myself up for, like, you haven't written anything in, you know, a couple weeks. And here's the thing. Like, I – there were times where I'd be like, okay, sure, I'll just sit in front of – you know, you're going to sit in front of your computer and you're going to give yourself an hour because I wasn't creating anything. I wasn't feeling inspired or motivated or whatever it was. And you're just going to force yourself to, uh, to sit in front of, this is your job. You're going to sit here for an hour or two. And maybe I didn't, maybe I just wrote the F word over and over and over because I'm like, nothing's coming out. But I mean, look, um, I was, you know, sometimes what I do is I go on a hike and I listen to music or I watch movies that inspire me. And this is, for me is part of the creative process where I talk to other writers. Like there's times in my life that, yeah, I, you know, like there's like I was back east and I was dealing with some I wasn't, you know, maybe for a month I wasn't writing anything. And here's the thing I have to. And then when I got back, I was writing like mad on something. And that's just, you know, that's when it was flowing for me. Like I was listening to a bunch of music. I was going for walks. And I think for me, it's like, I also, you know, I'm someone, I do exercise. I go on hikes. If I don't do that for a while, I feel like, I feel like shit. You know, like if I don't go on a hike or go for a walk or whatever it is, like, I don't, like, I can feel it. Like, I need to, like, my body needs to be exercised. And so does my brain and creative. So, because I'll get a little tight or a little edgy or whatever it is. And so I got back to Los Angeles and I got into this one, you know, this one story, this adaption, my idea on it. And I loved, you know, it's like a painting for me. So I'll just keep going over it over and over. And here's the thing, like, Sometimes I am someone, and I did this with Palmer, I will just stay on the first act. Like I will not move on to my second act. It's like painting a wall until I feel like I'm okay with moving on. I'll just keep rereading it and I'll keep tweaking it. And I'm not, and I think as a, as a writer, it's just, you know, I can't beat myself up. You know, I can't beat myself up for, well, you know, this person just, you know, turned out three scripts and maybe that person did, but maybe they're shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I can't compare myself to, you know, I have to compare myself to me and what I put out. And um, if I'm not feeling it, you know, because sometimes people will say you can't wait for inspiration. Um, but I can help myself by going for a walk and listening to music. I can help myself by watching a movie that inspires me or talking to another creative person about, 
something that helps to inspire me. And then, you know, I sit down and then I, I, I turn out something that I'm like, wow, I actually kind of like that. So I think it's just like, as a writer, it's like giving yourself a break that, oh, I didn't write today. I was on Twitter or I wrote like for five minutes and then I'm on Instagram, like scrolling, like obsessively or, you know, on social media. I don't know anyone who doesn't do that, you know? And then, and then I'll get into a creative mode and it's just like not going to make any plans with you because I don't know, you know, when I'm going to pop up, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I connect to the whole uh, thing where you said, you know, if you don't get any exercise, uh, you don't kind of feel good. And, you know, it's like your body asks for it and it affects your writing. So mind, body connection, all that. So I totally connect with you on that one. Cheryl, thank you so much. This has been amazing. And uh, congratulations uh, on Palmer. Thank you. All the, all the very best on, you know, uh, everything else that you're working on. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear uh, more from you pretty soon. Thank, Thank you so much. Same to you. Yeah. So. Awesome. That's it, folks. And till then, this is John Cat Theory.